I mean, this is uh, this is a this is boy, a oh boy thing. We, it'd be boy thing. Let me crack open boy a late thing. night drink for a late night story. It is a late night story. A late night story where nothing we... like late on a Monday night. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's something. Uh, yeah, it's I'm. Something. But look, it's appropriate that we waited until night to talk about. Werewolf by nepotism. Night. What? I mean, I'm not gonna talk about werewolf by night during the day. You know, that only makes sense that we would wait until uh, 9:36 p.m. on a Monday to talk about werewolf by night because it it feels uh, more more appropriate. You know, by night, po boys by night, boy thing, boy thing, <laughs> boy thing, boy boy thing. That's what we would call it. Um. Well, good evening, Josh. This is Pete. oh hello. How are you? You know, you um making that comment about boy thing and werewolves. Have you watched Werewolf by Night? I have not. Um, really, the things that come into my mind mm-hmm. um, are werewolves in London. Um, my dad touchy subject. Was uh, it well? Was geez, is still a big Warren Zevon fan. He is dead to me. Oh um, boy! But I was, I was also thinking. So we, the werewolves are in Star Wars. Um, they you're not are... wrong. But here's mm-hmm. the thing: is I don't think that they change change back from what they are. I think they're Correct. just wolf people. And I do yeah. think to be a werewolf, you have to be a human being at some point and become a wolf person at another point. And you volley back and forth between the two. And there's no indication that the uh, the the wolf individual in Los Eisley Cantina is ever a regular individual. Well, Unless you're referring I, to another instance in the canon. Well, I but, was actually thinking of there's the werewolf Jedi in the... Um, Samurai Jack Star Wars series, the Clone Wars series. Is he a werewolf though? He's because he doesn't change person. back, right? Because the only exactly. people that change form are the changelings, and there's only one changeling in which is in episode two. Although I feel like there's Zam another. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's another changeling in. There's one, one in Clone the... Wars. Okay, yeah, there is one in Clone Wars. There's one Clone Wars in season two premiere at least that takes on. Jocasta News form. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't remember do their name. Yeah, hubba boy, hubba. do they. I should be so lucky. Yes, hubba hubba. Thank you for hubba taking hubba. my catchphrase. <laughs> That's how I met my wife. Hubba hubba. <laughs> Wait, uh... hold on. Stop. Okay. The implication <laughs> being he met your wife. There's several ways this could go. So I'm taking that to mean you met your wife as a student in a library and your wife was taking on the form of the librarian and you trusted her because you thought she was the actual librarian. And then you discovered that it was, in fact, a changeling, but you had fallen in love. 
Um, yeah, I think I think you read through all of that correctly. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. So, Josh, um, what have you been up to? Uh, Star Wars wise, not a lot. I'm gonna. I'll have more to report next week on the Star Wars front. There's some upcoming uh, first issues of some Star Wars comic books. I think that phase two of high republic is about to kick into gear i don't know if it's the first thing to come out in phase two but i think it might be but this we're recording on monday so wednesday the day this episode comes out the first issue of the new volume of the high republic comic book will be out by kevin scott and i think that might be the first thing released in in phase two or at least one of the first things released in phase two we talked last week about how the first um like adult grown up book in the High Republic will come out next month. But I'm going to grab, I'm definitely going to grab the first issue of High Republic. And there's also a first issue of a Star Wars Visions comic book coming out on Wednesday. And I'm going to grab that exclusively because I have this. I wanted to say stupid podcast, but I'm not uh, exclusively because I have this podcast and need something to talk about. And you're such a huge that. anime fan. And hmm? you're also... I mean, oh, if you, yeah. if you go back Z. and listen um, to Vegeta, our 202 boys... Majin Buu, uh, um, Kid Buu, Broly... Naruto, Bojack, Akatsuki, um, Bojack, Super Saiyan 2, Gohan... The, the House of uh, Rex. Android 16, Android 18, Android Patrick 17. Patrick Star. Um, well, so there Bobbidi, was news that happened. Um, Deborah... Um, the guy who sucks up all the light. I think Vegeta takes him out. Um, gosh, his name started with a Y. I can't remember it. That was in the Babidi saga, pre-Majin Buu saga. Majin Vegeta, of course. Can't forget Majin Dragon Vegeta. Dragon Ball is Final actually Flash. making a resurgence. Hellzone Grenade. Like, I don't know what they're Special talking about. Special Beam Cannon. Special Beam Cannon was a good one. Galakon. Um, I think he just had one called Big Bang. Uh, right, right, right. So, no, Star Wars wise, I haven't been up to anything, and otherwise, I don't think that there's uh, much worth uh, bringing up on the pod. You were saying so, uh, Star Wars, uh, uh New York Comic Con happened, which you in the yes. past have gone to. Yeah, I have, I have, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, yeah, and they released some information on some different parts of the higher public and. Different and books. beyond. Yeah, I saw the publishing mm-hmm. panel had some announcements to make, one of which seemed like something that you would probably check out, but I'm not sure. We'll find yes. out. Which one? So there's, I saw that they announced an Inquisitor book. <laughs> I'm literally looking at that right now. <laughs> yeah, about, oh, man, about you a, a previously you... unnamed character mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, is enjo- joining the Inquisitorius, and I remember thinking, no, that's, that seems like something Pete might read. Um, but here's you haven't brought this up on the pod yet, but you or man, I don't think you have, unless it's been so bad that you brought it up during Kenobi and it's still going on. But I don't, I don't recall you necessarily talking about the book you had been reading most recently, the Star Wars book you had been reading. Have you finished that book? Have we talked about it on the pod? I don't think so. Oh, um. So one is uh, I have finished it. And, oh, um, 
I forget what it was called. Lando. Shadow Luke, something. Shadow of the Sith. Is that what it's called? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, so I spent the summer and people are going to look at me like I'm illiterate or that I'm just not a big book boy, which I assure you I'm not. Um, I read uh, Shadow of the Sith, which is this book that is one of the books that provides context to episode nine. Um, explains Ochi of Bastoon. It explains what happened. Uh, raised parents and then also um would if read this you would have been triggered left and right um this is this oh i don't get uh, triggered i'm pretty tough (laughs) i don't get triggered. there's nothing wrong with being triggered don't cancel us oh my god um so this was written by adam christopher and this book and this isn't a thing this book like maybe six weeks two months to read because I would read like a couple pages and then I would literally fall asleep. And mm-hmm. you might be saying to yourself, that means it's really boring. But um, I... He would argue it means it's very sleep. effective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I wasn't cruel enough to write like... <laughs> I, uh, I, I couldn't put this book down um, because mm-hmm. I kept falling asleep on it. Um, but no, it's, it's a book that... Um, goes into some background of Ochi and kind of explains where Luke is, does a little bit of Ben Solo. And, and it's like a Lando kind of, and Luke team up, correct? Yeah, Lando and Luke team up. And um, it, it further explores, there's a comic series that you read that gets into Sith artifacts and like basically describes the premise to mask with... Um, Jim yeah, Carrey, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. Star Wars. So I, the uh, I think it's a Vader comic that has mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And this one is some Sith Lord wanted immortality. So his idea was to embed his soul or whatever, his essence, force, whatever, whatever, into a yeah. mask. And then when they put on that mask, he takes over their body, sucks their life force, and basically does what he will. But uh, that enemy is trying to get back to exegol ochi of booth students trying to get the exegol luke is like um he gets his force first force vision to exegol um and has this like kind of foreboding like some big calamities happening some big calamities happening where clearly he's gonna make the wrong choice in you know a few years or so but mm-hmm. at this point he thinks like uh big bad evil is occurring and he's trying to stop it um, yeah, it does a it does um an interesting job of explaining Luke's force powers. Uh, I mean, it's just difficult in like the written word because at certain points, yeah. you know, the, the author's like he had to use so much um energy not to he he has so much power he has to hold back all the time, or he'll just kill everybody. And it's like, you know, Luke's yeah. not Superman, right? Because um, you had mentioned this to me before, and I, I mean, again, I haven't read the book. I'm not look not yucking anyone's yum uh, you know if that's that's how lucasfilm wants to interpret luke at that point in time i guess to me i'm just like when did that happen like i think to me what i one of the things that i think rise of the rise of skywalker maybe negated a little bit or or brushed up against in a way that i found less than satisfactory is like to me in return of the jedi 
when Luke throws his lightsaber away, it's not because he's Superman and he doesn't need his lightsaber. It's because he's picking compassion. It's because he's ignoring Yoda and Obi-Wan and everyone who's his master telling him, you have to go to violence. You have to kill your father. And he's saying no. And it's not because he can survive his father without his lightsaber. Like he's taking that chance. So I don't, I mean, I haven't read the book, but I don't, I don't necessarily love the idea of Luke as, as Superman who's like straining to, you know, I don't know. Superman's compelling because he's Superman. I don't, I don't need Luke to be Superman. There's already a Superman, but interesting. Well, it's also something that I, I assume a lot of fans want. I mean, it's that's why true. you're not wrong. Mandalorian season two uh, was such a huge um, mm-hmm. with a particular scene in mind because they yeah. want a logical uh, conclusion of episode six. He, you know, he's victorious. And then, yeah, we but just to see me, him in that a- scene in Mandalorian, that doesn't contradict or like you can have that. Those you can have both, I feel like, because like largely that involves kind of nameless, faceless goons. Mm-hmm. But goons. God, I love a good goon. Nothing like watching a goon <laughs> um, get mowed down. And I will be and just for that understand also. the difference between goons and henchmen. Oh, so important. So important. So you did watch so, that. So That's important. good to know. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was I thought it was uh, an all right read if I didn't have a. Yeah, this is chalk this up to one of those. Um, if I didn't have a podcast, I would have never read this. There's some High Republic stuff. I definitely would yeah. have read um, absent having a podcast because I do genuinely enjoy reading star wars books but mm-hmm. here's knowing... my weird thing i think mm-hmm. if i didn't have a podcast about star wars i would have read that wow yeah and here's late night, late I... night confessions <laughs> i'm glad you brought that book up though because last week we kind of were talking about um the James Earl Jones of it all and him kind of signing away his for lack of a better phrase vocal likeness I guess for Darth Vader and this idea that uh Star Wars lately and Lucasfilm lately has been pushing technology forward to hold on to the past like they're they're advancing technology so that they we can take the past further and further with us or whatever but like you're telling me this story that you read in a book about Luke and Lando teaming up post um, Return of the Jedi pre Force Awakens. And I mean, that that sounds exciting to me. And I have no doubt it's a super capable writer. I have no doubt it's a it's a worthwhile book. But part of me is also like, man, you tell me you get like Donald Glover as Lando and like Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker. And we've got like a movie or a miniseries about those two characters teamed up even though it's not a weirdo deep fake version of either of those characters. I mean, I, so I would be losing my mind over that Lando boys. Are you kidding? We don't <laughs> even have to change the name. And I think we both look really good in capes. So we could also do something Should with we get that capes? as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is with how on the move we are. You, know, you never really see Lando running a lot. Yeah, it's more we're doing of um, a lot of running and cardio and push-ups and sit-ups. I'm, I mean, I'm constantly on the move. 
And here's my, my thing is my if I'm crazy. doing a sit up, if I'm doing a sit up, right. And I'm laying down and I've got the cape and the cape is caught under the, you know, my steel trap of a tuchus and I'm pulling up for the sit up, you know, I'm not going to stop for that cape. That cape's just going to rip if I'm sitting on that cape, but my abs are engaged and I'm doing a, a, a you know, a, a sit up or a curl nothing's stopping these abs from contracting and that cape's going to get ripped. Can't stop, won't stop. Ripped cape. Waste of money. And we're very frugal here at Po'boys LLC. And that's not because we don't make like so much money off the pod. It's insane the amount of money we make off this podcast. Yeah. Um, Without giving specifics, it is literally insane the amount of money we make off this podcast. It is. You wouldn't be able to fathom yeah, how much, Pete, I don't how know much... if you've had this experience lately. Um, I have noted we've been doing this for a podcast for a long time, and I have slyly mentioned to people that I have a Star Wars podcast, right? I've been doing that right. for years. For years, I've been telling people, oh, yeah, I got a Star Wars podcast. It's like a fun fact or whatever. There is a noted difference between telling people, oh, yeah, I got a Star Wars podcast versus telling people, my Star Wars podcast? is on episode 204. Well, I always like, I'm, I always appreciate people that will go the second level of conversation about the podcast of how much money do you make? Yeah. And then I, (laughs) and then you go, it's insane. Considering we're 200 plus episodes in, it's insane. The amount of money. I always just say it's not play to talk about money. And it isn't. It's not play to talk about money. Yeah. Because we have so much of it, and some some people have so little of it. Um, not to name names, but other podcasts. Um, yeah. So, I actually am uh quite shocked. If you had not pointed that out, I would have, I would not have remembered to ever talk about that book. So, thank you for bringing that up in our. Well, uh, I mean, I genuinely because you you know you and I talk pretty regularly, and I genuinely couldn't remember because I remembered the gist of it being you read it to go to bed. And so I knew it took you a minute to to finish it, but I don't know that we've spoken about it. That was my only, that was my only comment about it too. Was yeah. I love this book? It's making me fall asleep every single night. Yeah, and Pete has demons, demons. Oh. So anything that puts him to sleep is great. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. I see the Zilla Beast and the ceiling. <laughs> the Zilla Beast is coming after me. And I'm, I say kaiju, kaiju, and they're like, no, I'm a Zilla beast, bro. And it's, it's the whole, it's a whole thing. So yeah, I certainly have my demons, and I'm, I'm comfortable talking about that because you know this is a Po Boys After Dark episode. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we're which, looking at nine fifty four. Nine fifty four. Yeah, and a lot of times, some, some people are asleep at this point. Some people. not us. Um, Mrs. Columbo. The midnight oil. Mm-hmm. Columbo, for sure. Mrs. Columbo called it a night, and I was like, great. Hey, you know what? Nine, 9.54 on Monday night? It's for the boys. The now, Diego boys. I, I wouldn't... Um, I, so I'm, I have the episode locked and loaded on uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, I've had it Wikipedia... on this whole time does these summaries so they have these like titles um do you want to guess what the first um title is we don't have to get into the episode yet but i i just find mom it very mothra funny. 
Because uh, oh, it, uh, I, I was closer than I thought I'd be. Mother um, and son. Mother and son with uh, Cyril Karn and his mom. Oh, right. Right, right, yeah. right. Carnage. Yeah, Carnage and Carnage's mom. Yeah, uh, uh, Mrs. Carnage. One of the highlights of... I mean, look, I thought this was a fantastic episode. I Last week, we had talked about kind of... We had speculated that based on the premiere, which was like a three-episode premiere, and then looking at the credits, that maybe this would move in four three-episode arcs. And we were kind of... I, I had expressed concern that we were not going to get to this heist this episode. And that we were going to have to wait two weeks and it was going to be another three episode arc. And that did end up being true. We didn't get to the this episode. But I I did kind of enjoy this episode, I have to say. I mean, it was a lot of quieter stuff. But Diego Luna's performances are fantastic and the supporting cast is great. And I got to say, another huge highlight of this was Carnage's mom. We don't get a lot of moms in Star Wars as you and I know, Pete, because we did a dad-tacular super early on and then realized, oh, we forgot to do a mom-tacular and had to wait a whole other year to do that. And we did get canceled for that. And we did get raped across the coals and everyone lost their mind. And we were in huge trouble because we are a huge voice in the pop culture consciousness. Um, So I was thrilled to see this uh, very entertaining mom in Star Wars. I forget we did Mamarama. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, we eventually did Mamarama. I it, it this show is introducing so many interesting uncovered character types mm-hmm. from other um areas of entertainment, other narratives <laughs> that I just mm-hmm. didn't know I needed. Yeah. And I just find to be I mean um this mother-son dynamic um also great blue milk over cereal yeah cereal in star wars huge people must be gone i mean look i haven't gone on social media i don't know what star wars social media is saying but my god blue milk over cereal people must be losing their freaking minds it's like the joker took over the city over this cereal blue milk cereal oh my gosh so i saw this tweet recently uh was retweeting a uh, an Elon Musk tweet, and Off Elon a Musk great start. Yeah, and Elon Musk was saying some some like tech thing of we're going to be doing this thing in the future, and somebody retweeted and it was like as a person that used to be an engineer um, for Elon Musk, I can guarantee you that engineering team found out they were working on this via that Elon Musk tweet. And I feel the same way about that and the poor people at Galaxy's Edge who now have to like <laughs> manufacture some like, oh, I guess cereal. we're selling cereal now yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. because cereal carnage uh, eats cereal. Yeah. Carn um, flakes. Carnage. 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 Carnage flakes. Get your carnage flakes on. Now, who do we think? Uh, I mean, I have my theories. Carnage's mom keeps talking about calling his uncle um, whoever, and so I'm just like, well, Carnage's dad is Venom, so I guess his uncle is Venom's brother, and Venom has a little brother. No, it's a son, but he thought it was his brother. So Venom had a little brother, 
and he thought it was his little brother, but it, it did turn out to be his son. He did find out that Venom actually had a son named Dylan. So I'm wondering, is it Dylan? And Carnage's mom thinks it's his uncle, but it's really his, you know. So is it Dylan is his uncle? I don't know. They keep talking about this uncle. Do you think this uncle is going to be anyone of note? Or do you think we're just going to hop into next week and Carnage is going to have a new job? I I think is good. Well, one, I, I don't think it's going to be a named character that we know. I don't think, um, not necessarily a named character, but like a character that they cast and put time and effort into making a character out of. Over. You think, think what we're, we're going to see this uncle? Carnage and you're he'll a use his drunkle, position. So, what do you think about? Are you excited to potentially have representation in this? show um uncle, uncle ben is uncle ben That's is true. the um epit- uh, epitome of uncle so he but, has been represented before and not to not to besmirch this kind of a step uncle stumble a stump Stumple. a stunk a stunkle stunkle where um, you were a drunkle full-blood drunkle dr uncle uh who's drunk all the time you're a drunkle uh, I haven't even you... I haven't even remotely thought about it, and yeah. I am going to commenting because mm-hmm. sometimes um, you have this image in your head, and then it changes, and you're like, "That's that's that's not good." Mm-hmm. Um, I was a senator. I find out that he just sells old stuff. That's not cool. I don't like that. But again, so... is is he? Who is he really, though? Is a guy who's selling stuff the front. Yeah, I don't find that. I don't find that compelling. Did he kill um, a guy who sells stuff, and now he sells stuff? I don't know. Oh, oh, um, is what know. I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't find I that that part of the storyline. I mean, I, his sec his um assistant, mm-hmm. who's like, hey, you need to give this up. Like, you're there's nothing you can do. Like, that was a stop. great scene. Yeah, I I enjoy their dynamic a lot, and mm-hmm. I also enjoy just the um, periphery characters in in a lot of this because we do get some deeper explanation of certain characters. So, um, dude, that was also um, that like keeps messing with Cassian and was also like a child soldier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so I put on subtitles because he early in the episode he points to a tattoo he has. And he's like, you like, know what this tattoos. is. Yeah. Tattoos. And one was like of the hand or of the head or whatever. The first one I didn't quite catch. And in the subtitles it says crate head, like K-R-A-Y-T, like a crate dragon. Mm-hmm. I guess implying that some some sort of connection to Tatooine, because God forbid we have any Star Wars without a connection to Tatooine. Uh, but yeah, crate head. Curious what that uh, actually alludes to. Yeah, and um, that kid, that guy's name's Skeen. Yeah, so and Skeen, they do some. And with a name like Skeen, he's not going to double cross anyone. He's not going to be a problem. He's not going to be a wild card. You don't with a name like Skeen, you're a good dude. And next episode, he's not going to cause any trouble for anyone. His name is Skeen. I didn't wait. Never mind. All right, I I I just completely. Uh, mess up the words. So I was I was gonna I was gonna do um a uh just saying proper names for you like we've been doing. So mm-hmm. oh I um, love it. 
yeah, so we got Skeen, we got Karis Nemec, we've got Vel Sartha, and then I, so Sinta's last name is Kaz, but in my head I was like, oh, she's related to Kazuna Sioto. Oh, this yeah. is so cool, um, which makes no sense because um, different, different, uh, different words. Well, in um, Japanese culture, the surname comes first. Well, that'd be cool. That definitely, so, definitely be cool. You know, you never know. But so we've, we we're getting we're we're covering episode five today, which is the Axe Forgets. Probably one of my top three or five titles. Um, it is in a the great Star title. Show. And such a great like this the conversation between Cassian and Skeen on it. It's just mm-hmm. I mean, it it. It, they do a really good job of explaining how different people get into the rebellion. Yes. And not only how, for lack of a better term, how people become radicalized or, or how they're called to action, but also the form that action takes, you know, we have, you have skiing story here and you see how he's rebelling, but I like one of the most, potent moments of the show so far has been when Cassian's buddy back on you know the planet he started on um, Frankfurt or whatever his buddy who works in the glove store his kind of form of rebellion that he ends up taking is just hitching that shuttle to a chain so that it can actually take off and it ends up crashing and it's like a much more subtle form of rebellion but it I don't know. It, it this show is doing a really cool job of showing how different people are coaxed into or lured into or or inspi- inspired into the forms of rebellion or the forms of service, I guess, or the forms of uh I don't know what you want to call whatever Carnage is doing. It's certainly not rebellion, but it, how how young people and how, how people are called to larger causes, what it is about a larger cause that speaks to people and, and how they are coaxed into it. I don't know. It's, it's very compelling. Yeah. Well, it's also, it, they do, they explain so much with such little dialogue. So, yeah. you know, We've you have, before, yeah. you, you have that nerd Lego builder mm-hmm. who is like this, you know, idealist, like equivalent of like a Marxist or yeah, whatever. a little geekle, geekle, geekle Marx, <laughs> geekle Marx, and then you have the Lieutenant Gorn, who is kind of that classic like, um, yeah, I mean he's the colonizer and mm-hmm. he's on he's on this assignment, um, falls in love with a local, and right. awesome, and it because it he's. He's Avatar. He's Dances with Wolves. He's the narrative we keep getting of uh, the the colonialist savior. I mean, I think very creatively here, Cass as a, as a person of color, but, you know, like traditionally, if this was, you know, maybe 20 years ago, this show would be about him and he'd be a white guy and he'd fall right. in love with an indigenous person and, and it would be all, all about his show. Um, so the idea that he takes uh, that, that, that character is in a different position narratively than we would ordinarily see. Um, I, to me, the best, the, the big, like, 
oh yeah like fist bump moment of this episode is when he clowns his subordinates into asking him for the time off that he wants them to take off so that they won't be there for the heist yeah oh yeah for sure that was that that whole scene was played so well and like it it works out and you can tell that he's sort of like I know what cards to play and I'm pretty sure that this will play out. But like, as you realize what he's doing, I kind of begin it. An intensity grew with the scene where I was like, Oh wait, this is a gambit. Like he's, he's playing a game here and it's not necessarily going to pay like, Oh man, that was, that was a highlight of the episode for me for sure. I keep thinking this is a kamikaze mission for him. Um, I will tell, but also, so there's that scene in, in the beginning stages of the episode where um Lego Master they're like yeah, talking marks. and and they um like quiz Cassian. They're mm-hmm. like, um how how much does this Lego piece weigh? Dude, um how much does it how much does this weigh? That was also a great scene. And um you know he just you know is clowning them left and right like oh really Here's you, my you don't thing. know mm-hmm. does he know that or is he clowning them back? Do you think what he tells them is true, or do you think he's just confidently lying to them? Well, because so, I think we're going to find out next week. I think it's the well. I so I mean, you're watching this in the background right now, but that shuttle they show it multiple times in the episode, mm-hmm. like the in person, and that thing is massive, mm-hmm. and it does not look like it moves. Yeah. Um. So like, as they were showing that of like moving things, and then they had um all that all those credits um in that vault um seven people are not gonna be able to move that so i don't know what their plan is that they're thinking of but i don't think it's i don't i don't think it's gonna work all that well um interesting i mean we obviously know that at least one of the characters makes it out but uh it, it is it is interesting the plan that they have and the we'll just figure it out kind of thing that's it's a very typical thing for like a jedi to do mm-hmm. uh, we'll just figure it out um i'll just when we get there we'll just improvise but these people it's just kind of they want to do it they they have to do it it also kind of speaks to why luther wanted to cancel them because they yeah. don't have everything fully figured out yeah um and this is more uh they're desperate to do something when they really probably shouldn't. Uh, oh, for which... sure. Cause you, I mean, even t- taking Cassian out of it, right? Cassian's like the wild card they threw in the last minute. Pretend Cassian's not there. Okay. They're still having that conversation about how they're telling the weight of the shuttle. They don't know how to do that. Cassian sells them on his version of how to do that. Maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he's just, being confident and selling them on it. And then beyond that, they are also, you know, the way they sell Cassian on it is, Oh, there's like a bunch of people that are going to be coming for this festival. It's going to be huge. It's going to be so easy to come in and out. But then we get, uh, from the Imperial side of things, it becomes pretty clear that they're like, Oh, it's maybe going to be a hundred people. Can you even imagine what it would be like to be thousands of people? And you get the very clear understanding that, whatever festival or tradition that they're about to step into for cover is not what it once was. And that this is 
very much uh there 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 are a great number of uncontrolled variables going on in this heist free of Cassie like before Cassie even showed up it was already when they showed up on race day it was not going to be the race that they thought they were running or whatever mm-hmm. yeah it's um they're, they're just doing such good subtext of without having to like hit you over the head with it of this is a group that is is not prepared for this and cat uh, they're kind of moving towards this because they have this set deadline of uh, these lights are gonna go on right this is this will be our window and if not we're never we're never actually gonna get to it yeah um, and this this is like a sort of a tone where I mean again every week we're talking about this show I feel like we keep coming back to how eloquently it expresses kind of the background world and it and it it gives you information without beating over the head with it. And I'm watching this now and I'm thinking, what would, what would, how well would this tone or this, this way of conveying background information serve a show like book of Bobo Fett? You know, if, if we were doing this sort of means of conveying background information, would I maybe not still be making fun of Bobo Fett pulling up a chair to all those teens and turning the chair around and squatting on the chair and saying, let me tell you something, teens. You know, would that have maybe been conveyed more subtly? Because I, I think that this show is... The, the way that this show conveys exposition is just spot on. Spot on. I mean, I'm, ne- I'm never sitting around being like, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it stop telling me everything I need to know. Like it's, it's sprinkled in there like a seasoning and with just the right ratio so that you get the information you need, but you never feel like someone is looking you in the eye, giving you a lecture on what you need to know to enjoy the show. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, and this is something that I find enjoyable just because, you know, you and I have this podcast. So, we can connect these dots a little bit more than most, but like when Mm -hmm. they going to the book report part of the episode where the, um, white nerd, the, the, um, ISB officers, um, are trying to start connecting the dots of like, these are all random events. And if I was going to do rebellion, this is how I would do it. Uh, yeah. This incident mm-hmm. on Kessel, this incident on Fondor, this incident on Jocko, which makes no sense. Prime, I think, is mentioned. Ho- um, well, they they make a reference of, is it Hosnian Prime? And they're mm-hmm. like, only the Navy's there. They'll never tell uh, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, they're starting to put the pieces together of this, which I feel like is, you know, going to be... It, it it almost feels like a villain of the week, you know, like Cyril um, Carnage was the, you know, the villain in the first arc. And then Cassian's going to go up against one of these ISB officers and then another mm-hmm. ISB officer. Um, and then we'll, we'll see where we're at if there's a season two or not, but um, it is, yeah. it is pretty. There's these inklings of people being aware of this, even though we're, what five, six, seven years? Who who knows how many years before Rogue One um, is going to happen? Five. Yeah. Now speaking of these ISB agents, 
what are what are our thoughts on uh popping pills in the star wars universe is this star wars adderall is this star wars something more intense than adderall what are we thinking here with um blonde lady with her hair pulled back uh isp agent and i have just decided i i'm not gonna learn anyone's name anymore so it's carnage and it's blonde lady uh what are we thinking about her popping that pill is that adderall um is that a party you know is she partying and i'm tapping my nose right now is she partying i think she i think she's one of those mods uh oh no yeah she has a mod brand and she has she's popping one of those mod things um yeah i i don't i don't know if it's um something to focus her or if it's a um anxiety thing um i am curious it's like a multivitamin (laughs) <laughs> it's star wars You're like i have no idea what time of day is it's probably 9 a.m it's you know what like she's a multivitamin a, she's a changeling so she just needs it to keep her form oh there you go um but yeah i it, it's one of those things of I, I it's gonna be an episode or two before this bears any fruit so we're just gonna be basically watching those characters do book reports and yeah, ask yeah. about authority and bureaucracy for another now, episode or two before speaking of episodes or two, up. based on our theory, I did end up looking into kind of the, the forecast of the rest of the season. First three episodes, directed by Toby Haynes, written by Tony Gilroy. Checks out. They very much felt like a unit. The second three episodes, four or five, which we're covering now, and six, which will come out on uh, Wednesday, directed by Susanna White, written by Dan Gilroy. Episode 7, directed by uh, Benjamin Karen and written by Stephen Schiff. Okay. Just one episode, though. Then episode 8, 9, and 10, directed by Toby Haynes, back to Toby Haynes, and written by Bo Willimon. And then the last two episodes, directed by Benjamin Karen, written by Tony Gilroy. So it seems... I don't know. I'm, I I don't think we were that far off in terms of this idea of this kind of unfolding in several arcs. It seems like there's that first arc. There's the second arc that we're in the middle of. Potentially, if we're going based off of creative teams, right, and director and writer, we'll have like a one-off episode and then another three-episode arc and then a two-episode kind of finale. It. Uh, it, until you just said that, because I was thinking, you know, this episode was at seven is probably going to be either an aftermath episode that has nothing to do with Cassian or it's all Cassian. I completely forgot Alan Tunic is in this show. Like at is some he? point, at some point, K2SO is going to be in this. I'm not convinced that he's even in this first season, though. Um, Well, I, I feel like that was like a celebration thing of Alan Tunic saying that they were recording. So I think I think that's the tail end. I think that's the tail end of this. Um, well, let's talk about let's highlight another um, new character um, that's shown in a lot of different movies and shows, which is the the kid brat who um, wants attention <laughs> and is pitting her parents against each other, and uh, a couple that should be getting divorced but are not getting divorced. Sure. Um, this whole this whole thing makes me. And that was my dog. Yeah, the breakfast scene. The the breakfast scene, the like oh, you're cheating on me scene, 
It's just like, <laughs> um, I. That's not what you watch Star Wars for. Weird. There's a reason that Mon Mothma, uh, you never see her husband or kid. It's because they suck. Um, they're <laughs> unpleasant to um, deal with. I'm curious if something bad's going to happen to them, which is why we don't see them, or if they're okay. But you, with the you're, Empire. you're slipping into this weird mindset that I I can't help but notice amongst fellow Star Wars fans. Of I don't see these characters in these very specific circumstances in the future. Ergo, they must be dead. But I'm like, we've only seen Mon Mothma at work. Why would her husband and daughter be there in any of the con? Like, they would not be there during Rogue One when she's in a briefing room. They would not be there in Return of the Jedi when she's in the briefing room. Well, the husband like, might just be because he's a military officer. Former, though, correct? I mean, he's retired. I don't know. I just think I think it's uh, jumping to conclusions to just assume that because they're not in any given scene something uh well there has to be a purpose for them being there right like they're not just narratively there to be annoying um there's a reason that that they're being explained in the background um what that reason is uh is beyond but i think that reason could very well just be to highlight mom's sacrifice and to to heighten her stakes and and show that like yes she's a person of privilege but she did sacrifice stuff to fight for the rebellion or whatever yeah i mean and that her day-to-day suffered because of her convictions that's probably the lowest level of explanation i mean there i i would be shocked if oh is that the lowest level was that what what do you want give, give me an alternative so i want compelling, you blood and fire and yeah, fury i figured and one of us is watching want... house of the dragon or whatever horrible little neurolinguistic name you want to give that show and one of us isn't so yeah i um i mean it's i the first time we were introduced to the husband the idea of her being at the dinner party with those um, other senators. Mm-hmm. I, after watching this interaction between the husband and the daughter and Mom Mothma, I wish that we had done that banquet scene. Um, mm-hmm. Like this whole, I'm taking the soccer practice. No, you're not. Dad's taking me to the soccer practice. It was, oh, I can't eat. Um, how would Is I that just because that eat? was like um, too Flashback. real for you? too real was it, was it like too like, close like to I had your bre- uh, like, I, like i had breakfast in the morning you were like having flashbacks i was too busy in the gym mm. getting those sweet sweet gains god i love good gain hashtag chris gains yeah i had some the mom muffin stuff it just doesn't make a lot of sense it's what do you mean like where are we going with it who who is this mysterious person she wants to bring into the fold? Why 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 do we have her brat daughter included? <laughs> um and like listen, Mom Moth is trying to lead a rebellion husband. Like she's not cheating on you with Clo- Clovis. Also remember the driver's name is Clovis. I don't know. That's just me. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder if you would be 
putting this narrative under such an intense spotlight if her name were Man Mothma. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> That's what you want, right? You want me to admit that? Yeah. Well, you're not gonna. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna give you the pleasure. But you just admitted it. No, I, I, I flipped the script on you. No, you didn't. You just here's the it. here's the moment of truth. Okay, is take it or leave it. The Mon Mothma scenes this episode. Well, yeah, I mean, for right now, leave oh, it. See, you'd but say I leave think it. that they're me, adding up. Personally, I, personally, I would take it because I want more representation in Star Wars. That's really messed up on you on your part, John. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I hate those podcasts. <laughs> oh, here's yeah, here's then. something I'm just forgetting to bring up because. Uh, I finished watching the episode on mute while we were talking, and then I put it back on on mute just to have it on the background. Buddy, yes, blue milk over cereal, but what else is on this table between Carnage and his mom? I'm pretty sure that those are Melu runs. Uh, yes. The fruit from Star Wars Rebels. Yes. I actually Huge really for enjoy us. that. I really enjoyed that uh, apartment that they live in. Like that, I enjoyed um, both the apartments we see. Their apartment and and Mom Mothma's living quarters. They both feel uh, lived in, lived in, but also, I mean, they feel like a set. They feel like craftspeople went in and designed a set, and they built something, and they, you know, it, it, yeah. I mean, it feels, yeah, like you said, lived in. It feels real. It feels built. It feels like. You know, blood, sweat, and tears went into those walls or whatever. Yeah. And, um, it doesn't make sense. Like it. it and please it don't me... yawn on my time. I'm. I'm. Uh... Just please don't yawn on my time. Listen, I am on my second nap today, so I'm oh my not God. ready to do a, a power fourteen mile run. Um. Uh-huh. So I'm. I'm currently stretching my legs, um, because I'm gonna go. Um, yeah, I can hear sprint. it. <laughs> in the exit ramp off this podcast. Yeah, it sounds like old bed springs being compressed. <laughs> old bed springs, your old bed springs. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> Here, well, while you're thinking of what you're going to say, one of the things I wanted to say is, again, I don't, I don't go on social media too much, but on the, on the sites I go to, I saw a take that was this idea that part of, I guess, kind of what we've been talking about with the tone of the show, the realism of Andor this site was positing that uh, that realism is owed to and or not having any aliens and it being all humans and this whole heist team being humans and all the supporting characters being humans and there's no aliens in it. And maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Uh, And it got me thinking as at least as far as live action is concerned, is that true? And do I find myself more compelled when it's not an alien or whatever, which begged the question on my part of what, uh, what is the instance in live action Star Wars that I've been the most moved by a creature or someone in creature makeup or, or something like that. And I didn't have a good answer for that. And I haven't thought about it too hard. So I was going to ask you and then wait for you to, freeze up like a deer in headlights while you're thinking for your answer. 
while I thought for an answer. So go. A little Yanni. But that's also yeah. a human yeah. playing off of little Yanni. So it's it's kind of Yeah, but acting is reacting. I mean, that's valid. Yeah, I, I would say that, but that's also more of a criticism of Soros itself of they other up until Ahsoka, and we'll see how the Ahsoka show next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, these are like one-off characters that they don't do a whole lot of stuff. So like Mandalorian has a lot of aliens, but you know, they, they show the Trandoshans for like 45 seconds. So it doesn't look like the Trandoshans are terrible or they show slender man in episode one of Andor, so that they oh, don't God. Um, provide these kind of nightmares. So yeah. I, I think it's 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 more just like a cost thing, and on top of that, um, and I mean you... that can't be discounted because again we've talked about like they're not using um, the volume. You know they're going out on location, they're building these sets. So I mean you know, maybe you're correct, and it is like, well, we'll save money on going to location by not having a bunch of aliens. I mean maybe you're more right on that than you uh might expect yeah and it's it's also i think that the writers might have this idea that if they're going to include somebody they have to like explain their backstory a little bit or Mm -hmm. otherwise it's like a 15 second thing so a 15 second take would be like that um monkey um guy on the The stand the stand um in rogue one you know yep, the stand no explanation whatsoever but also no backstory whatsoever don't need it not important uh yeah but you know for this episode you know they would probably be like well one it wouldn't make sense for this mission because all of them are hu- all the all dahanis are humans um that we know of they just smell right really but it not making sense because they're human is a decision that was made in the right room Oh, like you the know, old these are all make believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that yeah. they're all human and stuff. Like, can because I, I mean, maybe they're right is what I'm saying. I mean, I love Rogue One, and the, the last time we rewatched all of the Star Wars movies, I have to say Rogue One is the one that got me the most emotional, uh, and and the most of it because I mean I've seen them all a bunch of times. But for whatever, you know, Rogue One was the one where my hairs were standing on end on my arm and stuff. And I mean, the main cast of that movie, K2SO excluded, is all human beings. But because I think about each of the Star Wars movies and the moments that get me kind of choked up are the most emotional. (laughs) A lot of them do involve human characters. Um, I do think, you know, I mean, thinking about it now, like. I really like in Last Jedi when Yoda says, you know, we are what they move by, move beyond or whatever when he's talking about being someone's teacher or whatever. And I think that's a pretty profound moment. But I do wonder if there is something to this uh, this take that Andor is just using humans as as characters to ground it further. Because I know, I mean, I think you can still ground this with aliens, but maybe not. Maybe it's a shorthand for grit, you know. That this is a show that's in contrast to the Empire, and the Empire 
is all you know ninety nine point you would think would be all the more human. reason to have aliens. Yeah. Um, but they're primarily in areas that were where they're subjugating humans. But that but I again, mean, they, that's a decision. They talked about Ryloth in episode like four. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Were you so excited to hear that? No, the answer is a hundred percent no. I no, I was not excited. Oh, weird. No, I I am I I am curious. I I don't think this is going to change, but I am curious to see how the ball gets moved when we move towards Ahsoka being a Togruta and is mm-hmm. it just going to be only Ahsoka as the only alien? I mean, I think yeah, we're going to strange. We presumably are going to see Thrawn at some point, maybe not mm-hmm. in season one, but season two. So that's oh, another well, alien. Carnage is Thrawn. Yeah, he Carnage is Carnage is Thrawn. Yeah, he gets the gauntlet and he snaps his fingers. He turns into Thrawn. Well, uh, but I don't. Um, I had, I had nothing. And I, 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 I thought I was gonna have like a yeah, like a, was... a cool, a cool ending, but uh, I did not. Like, what were you hoping for when you started that sentence? I wonder. Um, something really cool. Did anyone else text you anything rude this weekend or just me? You said the rude you said it was the rudest thing, but did you get anything else rude? Or is just um, I was the only rude thing and so I just like de facto won. I this say this is an off mic conversation. Um well And that's my um, dog making those noises. So Poboys Podcast at gmail.com and we will see you oh next my God, week. We haven't for... checked the email. <laughs> 